Proverbs 14, verse 26. If you're there, say amen. It says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. When, um, when Brother Darrell asked me about uh, having an emphasis on the family, um, this is a, a verse, um, a, a scripture that just immediately went to my mind. And I pray that God would use uh, these thoughts this morning from the Word of God. And I want you to listen. And not just uh, every time we come into church, we ought to listen and, and try to get away from the distractions. But I really believe if there's a subject that the devil would love to get us to treat lightly or to, or to think, well, this is for the person behind me or this is the person beside me. This isn't, this isn't for me. Uh, maybe I, I've already raised my kids or maybe I'm, I, I'm a grandparent now. Uh, or you may think, well, I'm, I don't have children now. Or whatever it is, we can always pass the buck in this regard to the home and, and the family. And if you read through Scripture with, a, with an eye for uh, the, the attention that the Holy Spirit gives to the family and the home, it, it, is, it is unbelievable. And even the passage that Julia read today, I believe God was in that, Deuteronomy 6. All the way back into the, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, there is an emphasis on the home and the family. And certainly there's, there's three institutions that are ordained by God, the government, uh, the church. But before those two institutions were ordained and established by God, you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and when God created Adam and Eve, and there was the institution of, of the what? Of the family, the home, marriage, marriage, and the home, and 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 God instituted that. This is created by God, and and so I I want revival in our country, I want revival in in America, I want revival in our world. Amen. I mean, I, I want. I mean, this is a time where we we I, I, there's an emphasis that comes from me. Uh, man, I I want God to do a work in 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 our world, in our country, and Man, I, I want people to get saved in, in politics. I want people to turn their life over to the Lord. And man, I want, I want revival to happen in, in government. Uh, this, 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 this thing can be turned around if people would just start believing like I believe. Right? You know? Anybody else uh, start thinking like that? You know, there's an emphasis from people, from, from us as Christians, to, man, if they can just get it right in D.C. <laughs> or, or whatever, whoever. We, we, can, we can start thinking about, man, if, if those people will get it right, then, man, we can have it blessed. Then we think about the other institution, the church, which I think is another tier, another layer that is maybe not emphasized as much. We, we always think, well, man, if the world will get it right, if, if people that are living out there, if, they, if we just had revival there, then we would be blessed. But the truth is, if the church of Jesus Christ got right, if we as Christians were to be the, the church, and we were, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble ourselves and pray and seek my face, if we as the church, if we get right, 
then the Bible says that the land would be healed. So oftentimes I focus on, man, if government got it right, if everybody else got it right, man, we could have revival. And then I'm, I'm reminded, well, you know what? It's the church's job. The reason why we're in the mess we're in in America is because of the church. Amen? The church hasn't been the church. Uh, God's people's not been, we haven't been humbling ourselves, praying and seeking God's face, turning from our wicked ways, our wicked ways. And that's why we're in the mess we're in. It's, and so we can go from the government, then we can start thinking, man, it's the church. It, it, then it's us, it's the church, and it's true. But I want to go just to that first institution today. And it's going to be directed to me. It's going to be directed to all of us today. That really revival happens not in D.C. Man, I hope revival happens in D.C. I hope revival happens in our world. I would love for that. But you know what? It's going to start with the church. And then before it gets to the church, it's going to happen in the homes. And I want to talk today about the home of the saved. I'm thankful for the, the home of the brave, America. <laughs> the land of the free, the home of the brave. But today, I believe God is wanting us to just take a moment to look in the Bible at the home of the saved. And so if you're not saved today, you don't know the Lord, this message is still for you. But those of us that know the Lord, that we've been saved, we've trusted Jesus as our Savior, what does God have to say about our homes? What, is, what does God have to say about our marriages, our parenting, and the Bible says a lot, and I'm going to try to give it to you in just, just a handful of minutes today. But I believe you, you look at the four walls of this room. I heard Brother Darrell talk about the, all that had to go into making some of these walls uh, make it uh, pertinent or make it, uh, what's the word, brother? The firewall to make it ready uh, to be occupied. Uh, the firewall that was put in. The walls are important. And I want to talk to you about four walls. The walls and in a home, most houses are built with, unless you're at a, go to the, the, uh, the place we went to barbecue yesterday. It was like a triangle-shaped building. So I think there's three walls in that place, uh, Federal Hill. Uh, but most places have four walls. I want to give you the four walls uh, to, to a Christian home this morning and uh, just ask God to use it. Number one, I want to give you the first wall of the home of the saved is a wall of dedication. A wall of dedication. There, there is a, uh, here, right here in the scripture, Proverbs 14, 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord. This wall that we are building, this first wall in this home that God wants us to build and we need to focus on in our, in our lives. Not the person behind us, beside us, but in my home. Is, is there a wall of dedication? Is there a wall of consecration and dedication to the Lord? That word dedication is, it means a devoting or a setting aside for a particular purpose. When you dedicate your, yourself uh, to something, maybe an athlete will dedicate himself to that sport. What are they doing? They're devoting uh, and they're setting aside maybe uh, what they would rather eat for, for something else, for a particular purpose. They're dedicating themselves and and we've been around people that are just dedicated to what they're they're called to do they're they they're they set aside time and they focus on that which they're participating in 
and for the home of the saved, for Christian homes, there must be a time in our life where we have dedicated our home, we've dedicated ourselves to the Lord. Oftentimes there will be a service of, of dedication to children. We dedicate those children to the Lord, but we know that that's obviously, really, first of all, it's the parents that are dedicating themselves to the Lord. And mom and dad, I want to ask today, have you dedicated yourself? Grandparents, have you dedicated yourselves to the Lord? That is an ongoing decision. It says here, in the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. There is a dedication to to serve God and, and to, to love your family. I want to just give you, you can jot these down, take a picture of the screen, but, but if you were to wrap up, what does it mean to be a dedicated person in, in, your, in our home? What, what does a dedicated home look like? Well, I believe uh, if you look at the acrostic dedication, number one, D, uh, it is determined to love the Lord supremely. Deuteronomy 6, uh, 4-7, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, as Julia read, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are to love Him and determine that you're going to love the Lord supremely. Uh, D is to determine to love. Letter E, everything that you have in your home is His. Everything you have. Your car, your house, your, your, uh, everything, your children, everything belongs to God. Your silverware, your cups in your cabinet, the ice in your freezer, the ice cream that you were able to purchase, everything you have belongs to God. It's dedicated to Him. Everything belongs to God anyway. Everything is on loan to us, our children, the money that we make. So everything that we have in our home belongs to Him. There's nothing that He doesn't already own anyway. But a dedicated home realizes that everything is His. Uh, D, devote personal uninterrupted time with God. Micah 6, 8, We have showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. Letter I, imagine the day that your family stands before God. If I'm going to be a dedicated dad, a husband, I'm going to think about the day that my wife stands before God. I'm going to think about the day that Jacob, Trenton, and, Jay, and Bennett stand before God, and I'm going to think about how I'm going to parent. And I, in light of the fact that these four precious souls that God's given to me, they're going to stand before God. Imagine the day that that precious baby, that person that's in your home, sir, or, or ma'am, that person that God has given to you, they're going to stand before God. We all are going to stand before God one day. And how I live my life, how I parent, how I choose to love in the home, it, it's, going to, uh, it's going to affect the day that they stand before God. Imagine that day and parent the way God wants you to. 2 Corinthians 5.10 We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. We need to see, we need to call time out daily to pray, sing, and talk together. You say, daily? We're talking about dedication. We're talking about revival happening in our country and in the church. If that's going to happen, we got to go to the home. And if we're going to be what God wants us to be, we need to set aside time. And it's interesting how Back in the day in the 1600s, you know, they did church discipline on families that didn't have a regular. They went and knocked on the doors. Imagine if Brother Darrell came and knocked on your door every day. 
saying, hey, are y'all in the word? Are y'all praying together as a family? Are y'all having family time? The, the Bible speaks that the, the, the Puritans really, that, that in that, that time period, those churches, they made a strong emphasis on that. And they felt like if this was right, then everything else would be right. And I don't know, maybe, maybe you're like us. You know, that's, that's a difficult thing to rally all your kids around. But I'm telling you, it's the, one of the best decisions, the best decision you'll make as a family. That at some point during the day, maybe at night before you go to bed, we are going to call time out. And we're going to get together. We're going to pray. We'll sing. If you say, I don't really sing well, you, that's why I like YouTube now. We use YouTube for the glory of God. And we play a song or we'll read maybe a hymn story about it. And then we may not sing it, but we'll sing along with the YouTube clip. Uh, and, and so, but but call, we're talking about being dedicated. Call time out. You say, well, I, I don't know what to say. I've never been. Listen, the more you do anything, the better it's going to become and the more comfortable you'll get. So I want to encourage you homes today. You say, I don't, we don't have any time at all where we gather and we pray and we spend time together. Let me tell you, I beg you, I beg you for the sake of your family. You say, well, it's not going to look perfect. It's not supposed to be perfect. You say, well, it's not going to be a, a message like Brother Daryl preaches. It's not supposed to be a message like Brother Daryl. It's supposed to become from mom and dad. Dad, just say, Lord, help me in this area. Call time out. Pray together as a family. Spend time together. Uh, it's not supposed to be long. It's not supposed to be an hour. It, it's not supposed to be just, just, a, just five to ten minutes. But call time out daily. Listen, Proverbs 22, 6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Get you a hymn book and put it in your house. Get the Bible. Sing through the hymn book. Find the songs on YouTube. Read hymn stories about revival and how these songs, like Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. It's helpful for kids to know, hey, Fanny Crosby wrote that song because of a tragedy or whatever the story would be. This is the reason why this song is sung. And it blesses children. It blesses you. It blesses your family. We're talking about dedication here. Letter A, avoid evil on TV and devices. Avoid evil on TV and devices. Psalm 101.3, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Any worthless thing is what that, that is. A wicked thing or worth, worthless thing. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. This is not just the habits of kids, but it's the habits of moms and dads. That we are, we are saying no to evil on TV and devices. We are going to make sure that our home and in the walls of our home, we build a wall of dedication in the fear of the Lord. There's strong confidence. What are we watching in home? What are we allowing into our eye gates? Avoid evil on TV and devices. Letter T, tune your music to Christian. Tune your music to Christian. You say, is that the only music I'm supposed to listen to? Only that that's right? No, I didn't say that. I'm talking about a dedicated home that's dedicated to the Lord Jesus. The majority of the songs and the, the emphasis and the, the soundtrack of that home experience is it's going to be about Jesus. It's going to be about Him. It's going to be about the Lord. 
and, and y'all, what is listened to in, in our homes and what we put in our, 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 our iPads and what we listen to on our earbuds is, is what's, what we're going to be living out 10, 15, 20 years from now. You've heard it. You know, the, the friends that you have and the books you read are, is what we're going to be 10 years from now. The friends you have and the books you read. Well, I want to encourage you. The friends you have, the books you read, and the music you listen to is where we're going to be 10 years from now. Listen to music that glorifies and honors God. We are to be dedicated to your music to Christian. Letter I, immerse your family. We're talking about dedication. Immerse your family in the local church. Acts 2.42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and prayers. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Listen, in the home of the saved, church is important. We're going to go to church. We're going to be a part of a church. And we're going to dedicate. It's not just at home. There's a lot of people that emphasize, well, I'm just going to stay at home. We'll read our scriptures. We'll, we'll, we'll have our time out and have our daily. You do all that right, and you listen to Christian music, and you do all these other points right. And if you don't have a church you go to, we're missing the boat. You have to be immersing yourself. If you're going to be a dedicated Christian in a dedicated home for the Lord, you need to immerse yourself in the family of a local church. It's not just about your family. It's about the church family. And my family needs a church family. Amen? My, me and my wife need other couples. Me and my, my, my wife and my boys need other families who are trying to do life and follow the Lord together. I need that. They need us. I need them. You need the ones around us. We need each other. And to be a dedicated Christian in, in our homes, we must immerse ourselves in the local church. Letter O, this is a big word, okay? We're almost done with dedication. Letter O is operate on a budget and give generously to the Lord. Because everything that we have is His, therefore I'm going to be a good steward of what He's given me. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Why? Because it belongs to Him. The house that I have, the cars that I have, the clothes that I have, the stuff that I have, the kids that I have. You say, I don't have much of any of that. Well, what you have is God's. And we ought to be good stewards of what He's given us, the money He's given us. We ought to be givers and operate on a budget and live generously to the Lord. Um, statistics says that only about, really, 10% um, um, a statistic here says we can give 3%, 4%, 5%, or whatever to the church, but we can't call it a tithe. Because a tithe is, is what? What is a tithe? It's a 10%. Okay? Um, and so the statistics around tithing indicate that fewer, this was staggering to me, fewer than 25%, fewer than one quarter of any congregation actually tithes. Brother, Brother Daryl didn't tell me to mention anything about tithing today. You're like, hey, y'all must have got together and talked about tithing. I promise you. We're talking about the home of a, of a dedicated Christian, and I believe it affects our giving. It affects our stewardship. Um, but on average, Christians give around 2.5% of their income to churches. On average, only 2.5% of their income goes to their local church. So in that sense... Uh, most Christians do not tithe. 
And most Christians are not dedicated in their home to give to the Lord what's already His to start with. It's to obey the Lord. And we need to operate on in obedience. The letter N, the last one, in dedication. We are Now is the best time to dedicate your home to the Lord. Right now. November 14th, 2021. Now is the time. You say, I've wasted some years. I've got some regrets. And I'm the first to say, I've got a lot of regrets in my home. I've got a lot of regrets personally. But today is a day that we can say, Lord, if I'm going to be dedicated, dedication means we get it right. We, we, we start over. We, we repent. Dedication means I, I'm tired of going this way and in the fear of the Lord because the fear of the Lord is what captivates us and it wakes us up. The fear of God that we're going to stand before Him and that he is, he, he is our all in all. Because of that, now is the time. Now is the best time to dedicate your home to the Lord. Joshua 24 choose you this day choose this day not tomorrow tomorrow may not come not next sunday not in 2022 when i think i'll just wait for a new start no today today is the day to dedicate a fresh and anew to the lord and dedication when you look at the word dedicate it it means right now it's time for changes it's time that we do things different it, because when you think about God and living in the fear of God, it wakes you up to, to say, I'm not going to wait till later. If we wait till later, we're not walking in the fear of God. If we wait for another day or a better day, we'll never serve God. So may God help us to build, first of all, a wall of dedication in our homes. Number two, there should be a wall of delight in our homes. A wall of delight. You, you, you say, Brother Justin, what, what is this? Well, it is experiencing joy at home. It is experiencing a, a, a peace and a, and a joy and a, and a love that, that only a Christian home, only a homework that God can warm and God can strengthen. Uh, only in that kind of home uh, can we experience joy. One writer said, keep the fire hot at home and they'll want to come back. Josh McDowell says, there are no guarantees. And by the way, this is not a guaranteed sermon that if you build all four of the walls that everybody in your family is going to turn out for the Lord. That's not a guarantee. It is something we aim at and we shoot at. We believe there's a free will in every person's life. It doesn't matter. The, mo- the most perfect home in here is going to have struggles and, and, and there's a free will in all children to do what they need to do, do what, do what they want to do. So there's no guarantees. You can be the greatest parent in the world. By the way, God was the greatest parent. And his children, the children of Israel, turned from him, turned their backs over and over and over again. So God is the perfect parent, the perfect father, and his own children turned from him. So you can be the greatest parent in the world, do everything right, but there's absolutely no guarantee that your child won't grow up and walk away from you or walk away from his or her faith. However, if we build a relationship this is what this, this wall is focused on. A wall of delight. If we build a relationship with that child, the chances, the chances of that ultimate, of an ultimate rebellion, it, 
of, of it happening is very small. Again, there's no guarantees. But instead of focusing on the dedication what needs to happen, we need to also focus on delight. Focus on a relationship with our kids. And I want to help you for just a few minutes. What does that mean? What usually brings children back is not the truth that was instilled into them, but it is the kind of relationship that you have built with them. And I am no expert at all. Y'all know my oldest son, was he's, he's in the kids, you know. You, you, you all that have raised children uh, know better. And I'm by no means I'm saying that I've got it figured out. I just have the Word of God and, and some things that I have learned and, and seen. But this is my prayer for my family and my parenting. And let me give you some things real quickly to consider. And I want you to pay attention here. As we build a wall of delight with our children, our grandchildren, again, we've got to focus on dedication, but it's not always rigid and hard, and we're going to be dedicated, dedicated, dedicated. There must be another wall that, that's built in the home. That's important. But in, in, in kids, and you can apply this in a business relationship, you can apply this in a church, that there needs to be a relationship. And so I call it the wall of delight. Let me give you these six things real quick. You can take a picture if you'd like. But be tender with your kids. Proverbs 4 or Ephesians 4.32, there is what we would call affirmation uh, to, to, to show affection to uh, our kids and our wives. Be tender with them. Be, be loving at home. When they're happy, you, you get happy. When your kids get happy, you, you be happy for them and with them. Uh, when, you're, when they're sad and they've had a bad day, you be sad with them. You go and listen to them. You share their sorrows with them. Romans 12, 15 says, when others are happy, be happy with them. When they're sad, share their sorrow. 1 John 4, 7 says, uh, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God, and anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. We ought to be tender at home. If there's one place that children feel the love and the care that they ought to have, it ought to be at home. They ought to know, man, when I come home, it may not be the perfect place. It may not be the most warming place. But there's a love. There's an acceptance there. And I'm getting ahead of myself. Be tender. Be tender in your relationships. Number two, be tolerant. That means to just be accepting. We live in a tolerant society, right? We want everybody to be accepted. But sad to say, at home, there's not, there's not this acceptance at home. And kids feel like at home they don't feel accepted. Wives or, or husbands may feel like they just don't feel accepted for who they are. So receive this word in Ephesians or Romans 15, 7. It says, uh, to accept each other. What does that mean to accept one another in the body of Christ? It means to receive one another. You, just as you have been received by Christ, therefore receive others where they're at. We don't ex wait for our kids to be at a certain point before we receive them and, and welcome them into our lives. No, we, we welcome them where they're at, where they're at with God, where they're at with uh, maybe before salvation, or after, wherever they're at, we receive them and welcome them. Just like we have been accepted by God, we also are to receive those in our life, especially those in our family. Be tender, be tolerant, be thankful. Be thankful for them. Um, nothing says <laughs> to our young people, um, 
you, 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 there's plenty of things that we could get on to them about, right? But the things that really get their attention is when we thank them for doing what's right. When we praise them and thank them for doing what's right. That I, I can testify in my life. Um, the moments in my life where my mom told me, thank you for doing this. Thank you for, you know, I'm proud of you for doing this. And we all have stories of when they've got on to us, right? But it's when they thank you and they, they accentuate the positive. Be tender, be tolerant, be thankful. Catch your children doing right and show appreciation. Catch them doing what's right. You say, my kids don't do right. And there's no, they're not doing right. Well, when they do right, tell them. Show appreciation for it. You say, well, it's like once out of every 15 times they're doing right. Well, that one time, that one time, go overboard and say thank you for doing what's right. I'm convinced that the more I caught, um, this is what Josh McDowell said, he said, I'm convinced the more I caught my three daughters and son doing things right and expressed appreciation, the less there was to catch them doing things that were wrong. So be thankful for what they do. Be there. Be there. It's, it's, the Bible says in Psalm 145.18 that the Lord is near to all who call upon Him. Yes, to all who call upon Him in truth. This is so true about God. God is with us as we sang about. God is here. The very presence of God is with us. He is there today. We don't have to say, hey, hey God, can you show up in our service today so we can know that you're here? And you... He's with us. Well, this is the truth that just captivates me about God, the Father, is He's always there. My dad, I'm, I'm going to share in just a little bit, but he passed away when I was five years old. And uh, God took him. So the very presence of my dad left me when I was five years old. And God used other people, other men, um, to pour into me. So being there, I, I, I lost out on that. My mom had to be double. She had to be there as a, as a dad, in the place of my dad. We're talking about if we're, God's given us breath, God's put us here on this earth to be there for our kids. We need to be there. That's how, that's how God is. You say, well, I'm, God, God is perfect. That's exactly right. But as Christians, there's some things he's told us to do that the best we can, we can live a holy life. We can't be just like him, but he's told us to be holy. He's also told us dads to, to not provoke our children to wrath, but to nurture them, to be present, to be there. In the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Be there. Be there for, for them. Special times. The dark times. The hard times. You know how children spell love? They don't spell it like we call it. L-O-V-E. Children spell love. T-I-M-E. T-I-M-E. That's how they spell love. Because they feel loved when you take time. To spend with them. You, you, you say no to things. That, that is a yes to them. But it's, it's a no to other things. Other opportunities. And I'm not saying that we abandon this whole world. And we abandon our jobs. And we don't work. We don't, you know, and we just, just stay with our kids 100% of the time. That's not what I'm saying. But they are the most important things in our life. They are the most important treasures and possessions that we have in our life. And we need to be there. 
until the time comes when they will not be with us anymore, spend time with them. They spell love, T-I-M-E. They also spell love, P-L-A-Y. <laughs> Play with them. Get on their level. Uh, they spell love, uh, T-A-L-K. Talk to them. You know what my biggest problem is? This thing right here. I didn't say their problem. My problem. And I know they could say about their daddy. My daddy's probably, because they can look over your shoulder and they know which, you know, maybe Facebook first and then they go to Twitter. And, you know, they, they probably got it down to a science what daddy does on his phone, you know. Admission. I'm guilty. What they need me to do is do this right here and sit down and talk to them and, and listen to them. You say, well, they, just don't, they don't talk very, you know, or maybe you, you don't feel good at it. I just want to encourage us to, to be there. Be present. We only have just a short moment of time to be with our families. Listen, they spell love, J-O-K-E. <laughs> have fun with your family. Have fun with them. I, man, we, like I said, my dad passed away when I was younger. And, and, and man, in our home, it could have been really depressing and, and tough and and. And man, we had some days where it was. I mean, me and my sisters, I had three sisters, and, and my mom had her mom living with us, so my granny lived with us. It was, it was a recipe for some craziness in our, in our house. And, uh, but I'm going to tell you what, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade those years. We had fun. We enjoyed one another it wasn't the perfect home but it was home and we loved one another joke laugh play of course that was before cell phone days I wonder what it had been like growing up in the cell phone days but I thank my mom for all that she did I thank the good Lord I thank God for the people he put in my life P-R-A-Y, that's how they spell love. Pray. Do they see us connecting with God? Taking a time out in our day? I remember it was tough on my mom. She had to be the leader of our home, but we spent time in the Word of God every night. It wasn't long, and she used that belt a lot. <laughs> you know, when we were acting up during prayer, we didn't know it, but that belt was coming. We, I didn't know how she could know that our eyes were open, and, and uh, we were... You know, it just it wasn't the perfect time uh, by no means. But I do know this. My mom wanted us to pray together. And I felt that she was there. I felt that she was trying her best to build a wall of delight in our home. She was there. Be touchable. Be approachable to your kids. Be truthful. Be truthful. That's the second wall. There's a wall of dedication. Are you dedicated to the Lord today? Are you dedicated say, I'm going to choose today. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord from this day forward. I'm going to encourage you to build that second wall. While you're there, build that second wall of delight. I'm going to do my best to, to be there for my family. I'm going, to put us, I'm going to change some things in my life to make sure that it, it, it may not all work together. It may not be the perfect home, but I'm going to do my best to make sure to do the things that could help usher my children into uh, the, the life that God wants.
for them. There should be a wall of discipline. I'm not going to spend much time here. We're almost done. But I want to get to the last wall. But let me say this. There ought to be a wall of discipline in our homes. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, uh, verse 26, this verse it says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and the children have a place of refuge. That word refuge is, yes, it's the idea of, of walls being put up. It, it's a place of protection. It's a place of, uh, of where they find stability. They're not just in this, in this home where there's, there's, there's gunshots flying and, 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 and turmoil. There, there's, there's wall of refuge. There's protection. There's safety. I wasn't talking about literal gunshots. I'm just talking about you know, just being out in the open. There, there's protection. But he says, in the fear of the Lord is a fountain of, verse 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. You know what we need to, this is what the word discipline means. It means that it's a place of learning and instruction. See, when I said discipline a while ago, you were like, oh, ooh. there's a negative connotation to discipline. That's part of discipline, I guess. But most of us, we think of discipline as, you know, time out, spanking. You know, and that's part of it, an appropriate discipline for appropriate action. Bible talks about in Proverbs about spankings, and my mom believed in that, <laughs> I'll just tell you, and I believe in it, um, because God believes, God, God's word says this is the part of a Christian home, not, not abuse, not child abuse, that's not what God is saying in, in the book of Proverbs. So let me give you the explanation of discipline. It is, it is teaching. It is, it is teaching them. It is training them. It is instilling into them discipline. That's what discipline is in our homes. It is instilling discipline in our kids. It is disciplining them, teaching them, training them. The very nature of the word discipline means to disciple or to teach. Okay? <laughs> if you think of spanking, when you think of, of discipline, that's not the... We're going further than just having a spanking. It is teaching. It is training. It is admonishing them. Okay, so that's an explanation of discipline. But what are the elements of discipline? Well, the Bible says there ought to be rules in the home. This is three basic rules in our home we, we have for our boys. It is always respect mom and dad. Uh, always obey. Always tell the truth. Um. We don't recite them. We don't have them like put on the wall, you know, in our house. These are the rules of our home. That we don't have that. But your kids ought to know what the parameters are. What are the things that you know that we're not going to tolerate this. Um, so uh, the, the the elements of discipline is, is to have some boundaries, r rules. Of course, we know the Word of God is our rule book. But it can get complicated if we just say, y'all just do what the Bible says. And they don't know what the Bible says. So spell it out. Our rules is always respect mom and dad. Okay, Always obey, always tell the truth. And when there, it doesn't happen, there's going to be consequences. There's going to be a spanking. There's going to be, you know, you're, you're not going to be able to use your device that day. Okay, And we have a basic rule with school, Monday through Friday, there's no devices until the weekend. Um, and so that's just something we've decided uh, to do, get their homework done when they come home. Uh, but that's just kind of where we're at right now. But have rules. Why? To be tough? No, to teach them, to train them. They need you to be a parent. A parent is not just a noun, it's a verb. 
We are to, to parent them. We are the ones that parent our children. And so have rules that you go by. Enforce the rules. Be consistent. Proverbs twenty two fifteen talks about a rod. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. I'm not here to get in a debate about type of spanking or, or what the rod is. and uh, That's not what this is. But there ought to be uh, an enforcement of rules. And foolishness is bound in all of us. We are sinners by nature. We have foolishness bound in our lives and there's something about the sting of, <laughs> of, of, of the rod, the, the belt or whatever. Again, not talking about abuse. There's something about that that uh, it, only that gets through to a child. You sit down and you tell my kids, now boys, this is, you don't really understand this, but I'm going to tell you, and they don't understand speeches. <laughs> they don't understand talking to. At least my kids don't. Yours, yours may. But there's something about that sting, when they're little, maybe a pop on the hand, okay, that, that lets them know, hey, this is not right. And this is all from God. God God allowed this. God, God demands this in a Christian home. Again, there is no room for abuse. We're not talking about that. <laughs> some, of, some of you may felt like when I was a kid, I was abused. And, and you know, I got a spanking when I didn't deserve it. And, uh, but I would dare say you probably say I appreciate that emphasis uh, in some ways. But a rod, the Bible talks about Proverbs twenty-two fifteen. But not just a rod, but a rod that's used. Uh, the Bible says, Proverbs 13, 24, He that spareth his, his rod hateth his son. You may say, well, I believe in it, but I'm just not going to use it. I'm not, I don't know. Well, let, let the Holy Spirit be the guide in your life as to your children's temperament and their needs. But I'm telling you, start early. Don't wait. Start early. Because he that spareth his rod hateth his son, the Bible says. But he that loveth that son is going to chasten him early. As early as you can, set parameters and use uh, the rod. A rod that is used. A rod that is used early on. It's the best time to teach your child biblical truth and, and the gospel is when that time of discipline happens. And y'all, let me just say this. I'm going to quickly say this and go to the last one. But um, discipline takes time. To do it right, it takes time. It's not just a, a whoop. Listen, don't do that. The, 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 the times I remember my mom disciplining me, the worst part was her talking to me before the spanking. Except for one spanking, I remember it being awful. Okay, I'd rather her talk to me the whole day. But when you hear those words from their, your mom and she's going to the gospel and she's talking about the love of Jesus and you know, you're just like, yes ma'am, yes ma'am, yes ma'am. Uh, and man, that, that does more to a person's heart before you're spanked and even after. Praying together. Hugging together. Not, well, you stay in your room the rest of the night. No, it ought to be done right. It ought to be done with love. Again, the wall of delight is built in our house. Before you get to the wall of discipline, make sure there's a wall of dedication. Our kids are going to run far from God if we have all these rules and we're not there and we've got a wall of discipline up in, our, in their lives. They're going to, they, we understand that we've got to have all these working together. A wall of dedication. I'm pointing to the walls here. Dedication, delight, discipline. The Bible talks about, and then finally, there's a wall 
of dad. A wall of dad. There were some examples of the examples of discipline is you, sir, and you, ma'am. We as parents ought to be living disciplined lives. Okay? Those are the examples. And the empowering of discipline is the Holy Spirit. Because one of the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, which temperance is self-control. It is discipline. And if I'm not filled with the Spirit in my home, then the very essence of discipline, if I'm not disciplined myself, if I'm not living the power of the Christian life through the Holy Spirit, then I'm just... I'm just disciplining my kids without being disciplined myself. So I need to say that. But then the last wall is a wall of dad. And this is a, this is a challenge to all the men here today. Um, look at our verse again. Proverbs 14, 26. I love this. It says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence and, what's that next word? His children shall have a place of refuge. This is by no means to dis disregard mom or our wives. But men, somebody's got to take the lead in this area of the home of the saved. Somebody's got to take the lead. And you know, I get it. Men, on Father's Day, we get beat up on Father's Day. Mother's Day, we praise them. Oh, mothers are great, this. And, and, and I, I get it. It's just the nature of the beast. Men, we typically... We don't get the, the accolades and the, man, men, keep, keep doing it. Usually it's, man, we're, we're struggling. We ain't doing what's right. We, you know, and so I by no means want to do that right now, okay? I don't want to say, well, men, we're, we're just horrible people, you know, um, but, but we, we do. We need, we need to be strong. Um, but there ought to be, a, it says, his children shall have a place of refuge. Uh, Malachi 4 6 says and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers the very last verses of the Old Testament is trying to connect dad with the sons and it's the very coming of Jesus Christ John the Baptist even said when he comes he shall turn the hearts of the children to their father and the hearts of the father to the children the very essence of the gospel is for the home to be saved and for the men to be to turn their hearts to the children and children to the husbands that is the very essence of why jesus came you look at it in malachi and then in john the baptist why did jesus come he came specifically to turn the hearts of men to their children and children to their fathers not to discredit mama i believe it's both to turn the the parents to the children children to the parents but there's a human dad. There's the human dad that the Bible talks about. Um, the hearts of the fathers to the children. Um, there's, there's things that I can encourage you to do as dads. Uh, to be present. But I think I've already said a lot of that already. But uh, there's, there's three kinds of dads I want to talk about. First, the human dad. But second of all, there's the honorary dad. The honorary dad. James 1.27 says uh, that pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I, I, I'm thankful today for the honorary dads. As I said, my dad passed away 
And Brother Darrell was asking me today, he said, I, he said, I know Brother Rex was someone, many of you know Brother Rex that's, that's come to preach. He is, he is one of the 31, I counted, 31 men who at some point in my life, they took interest in me, they encouraged me. There's stories that I could share about what they did to invest in a, in a boy who his dad had already gone on to heaven. And so it may be that you don't have your children present with you. Maybe they've already gone up. But let me tell you, there's some boys that need an honorary dad. You may not be the hero. You may not be called dad. But you can go and you can be a blessing to them. I'm here to tell you that every home needs a human dad to step up to the plate. But if there's not a human dad that will step up to the plate, listen, there can be some honorary dads. And I believe that may come in the form of a wife, a mother, a woman who says, hey, like my mom, hey, dad's not here, but God's put me in this situation. God's put these kids in my life, and I'm going to be that honorary dad. Listen, we're talking about the home of the saved, and many children may not have that wall of dedication and delight and discipline, but if they could just have a dad, an honor, someone that comes alongside of them, it was true in my life. I could testify of the Rex Evans, the Greg Floors, the David McKinney's, the Jeff Stocks, the Christian Powell's, the Dan Patrick's. I hated to start mentioning names. I don't have them. But, but there's a lot of people that, that said, hey, you know what, I'm going to spend time. I'm going to do more than just, you know, say hey and shake hands at church, but I'm going to take them to get a haircut. I'm going to spend some time with them. I'm going to pray with them. I'm going to visit them. I'm going to include them. Take them to the race. Uh, take them to Cades Cove. That's what Brother Rex did when I was Jacob's age. Him and his brother, Mr. Randy, I think you guys have met him. When I was young, they, they included me in their family trip. An honorary dad. Some of us need to say, you know what? There's some kids around here that need an honorary dad to help. And be there for them. There's the human dad, the honorary dad. But I'm thankful if none of them are working in a kid's life. I'm thankful for the heavenly dad. Amen. Proverbs 23, 10 and 11 tells us not to remove the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. For their redeemer is mighty. Whose redeemer? The fatherless. The redeemer is mighty to the fatherless. If your dad's not there, there may not be someone that is helping you in your life and, and encouraging you and helping to build some walls in your life. I'm here to tell you, I know I'm going long this morning, but let me just say this morning that there is a father in heaven who if, if, if we just run to him today, if we just get under his presence, we may not have it right, our homes may not be what they ought to be, but if we can get under his refuge, he will be that heavenly dad to us. If you're saved, you have a heavenly dad. Amen? All of us today, we have a heavenly father. You may have had a, a, a human father or maybe an honorary father who is not there or present or maybe not as faithful as our heavenly. We all have today, thank Jesus, we have a heavenly dad. We don't earn his love, as Brother Darrell says. We don't earn his relationship with us. We just receive it by grace. We simply by faith believe and we put our trust in Jesus. You say, I've never trusted Jesus. I don't know this Jesus. I don't have a relationship with, with the Father. I'm telling you, if you just receive His Son Jesus and say, I know I'm a sinner, and you trust Him today, He will be your heavenly Father.
As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're sons of God. We've not received a spirit of bondage again to fear, Romans 8 says, but we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry. The Holy Spirit is inside of us to do what? What's the Holy Spirit trying to get us to do? Well, according to Romans 8, He's there to tell us that we have a Father. He says, that Spirit is, is saying, Abba, Father. We cry out, Abba, which is a word we affectionately use for Daddy. That He's not just our Father in Heaven, but He is our Daddy. We can go to Him. Who is it that reminds us of that? It's the Holy Spirit. The Spirit beareth witness in our spirit that we are the children of God. So many verses where we see God being our Father that loves us. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. But now when thou prayest, enter into the closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to your Father which is in secret. Behold, the fowls of the air they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand, my Father which gave them me is greater than all. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So let's go back to the text first as we close. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. There's that wall of dedication. The fear of the Lord. Strong confidence. There's, there's a wall of delight. There's delight and joy in the home. There's discipline. But it says here, and his children, his children, God's children, or the human dad, or the honorary dad, those that are living in the fear of God, his children shall have a place of refuge. The home of the, every saved person deserves, if we follow the, the word of God, if we follow the principles of the word of God, we are not just here to build a foundation. I, there's a, as I close, there's a, the church where we're at in Cary, when I got there, they were building, uh, they were building the, the groundwork. Uh, they were laying, bringing in tons of dirt before they can build. And I'm talking, y'all, it took literally a year of just bringing truckload after truckload of dirt to build what? To, to build the foundation. Okay, it took, it took that long. And I, I remember vividly thinking, you know, a lot of people, we, we invest in the foundation, we, we, we believe, we trust, we, we come to church, we affirm our faith, we have a strong foundation, our foundation is Jesus Christ. But it would have been crazy for them to, I think they spent $1.5 million on just the foundation, just the, 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 the dirt to bring in. If they would have just brought that dirt in and, the, and they left, and, and the only thing sitting there would be a mound of dirt, a foundation, and a slab of concrete, which is sometimes we're just excited about that, right? The, the foundation. And that's important. We need to have a strong foundation. 
But they had to take it to the next level, and they had to start building. And I'm, I don't know about you, but in my life, I don't want to just have a foundation. I don't want to just have the Bible that we refer to. I'm thankful for it. I don't want to just have the Holy Spirit living in me as a foundation, as a help. I don't want to just have Jesus as my Savior. I don't want to just have heaven as my home. I want to start building some walls in my family. And by God's grace, we can do that. Y'all have been so kind to listen this morning. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Thank you.